you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Everybody, it's Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're ready to come off the pup list. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio in studio. We got Itham, we got Susie, we got Josh. Give yourselves a round of applause, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, we are uh, a couple weeks away from starting. Uh, you and I had the the pure joy of being part of the uh, ATN fantasy extravaganza today. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We, we have that uh, fantasy live. We're spending a lot of time together today. Yeah, no, we absolutely are. Uh, so uh, we did that. We did fantasy live. Uh, we got all of that. So uh, we got plenty of stuff to talk about today, too. We're going to go through the NFC North as we continue our division previews. But uh, let's start with a couple of pretty big news items uh, that ended up hitting uh, on Monday after we recorded the previous show. Two big name free agent running backs are off the board. The Patriots sign Ezekiel Elliott to a one-year deal. Uh, that happened literally an hour and a half after I drafted Ramondre Stevenson in a league, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, people were drafting Zeke. They were drafting him sort of in the double-digit rounds, kind of late dart throw sort of thing. And uh, you know, now, obviously, we know where he's going to be. Where are you comfortable drafting Zeke? You may not be drafting Zeke, but where would you at least consider it? I, I think like the 10th or 11th round. Um and all summer long, I had been taking Zeke in like the 14th, 15th round because my thinking was whenever he signs, it could be literally anywhere. He's going to get pulled up the board a little bit because he's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I think that he'll play the secondary role here. I think he'll be the short yardage uh, running back. He could get sprinkled in in the passing game as well. I think where he's going to make the biggest impact is near the goal line. 
Uh, he's been very effective in that role the last couple of years. Ramondre Stevenson, you know, I think if you anyone who thought Ramondre Stevenson was going to get 80, 90 percent of the backfield work, I think was fooling themselves. I, I could see a 60, 40 split, maybe a little bit heavier in Stevenson's side. But Zeke, I think, is one of the top backup running backs now. Yeah, he's definitely a top backup. I, you know, I know a lot of people sort of looked at Ramondre and you know, part of the reason he was going, say, third round was because people believed that the Patriots were always going to sign another running back. Um, and so I know for a lot of people, they don't really see this as, uh, you know, Zeke being a major threat. I think I think you just naturally have to knock Ramondre down a round or two. Um, look, I, I think Zeke is going to be that guy who gets a lot of the goal line work. He's a better pass catcher than Damian Harris was. So yes. maybe he contributes there a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be significant. I think it's still going to be a lot of Ramondre. Uh, but Zeke is going to be a guy who gets his work. He's going to have that touchdown upside. But I think the one thing we know is that he is not nearly as explosive or efficient as he was earlier in his career. It's part of the reason he hung out on the free agent market for, for quite so long. So um, you're still in on Ramondre, though? I am. I, I think that. You know, he was going, what, in like the third round, let's say, if you could get a discount on that, I, I would definitely be more in on him. But in my running back rankings, he went from RB10 to RB11. Like, okay. I, I put Jameer Gibbs ahead of him. Right. I, I'm debating him or Joe Mixon. But after that, I, I'm still, I want Stevenson over the other running backs that remain on the board. Yeah, um, I, I still think he has a big role in this offense. And I, I don't love the Patriots offense as a whole, but Ramondre feels like a guy who I think we can sort of count on uh, week in and week out. So Zeke signs with the Patriots. Dalvin Cook also going to the Northeast, and he signs a one-year deal with the New York Jets. Uh, similar situation. We knew Dalvin was going to land somewhere. Just curious about where. Uh, again, people were drafting him. He was kind of going, I think, sixth, seventh, eighth round, somewhere around there. Where are you feeling about drafting uh, Dalvin Cook right now? So I, I just pulled up some ADP from the last two days. And right now, Brees Hall is going as RB16, and James Cook is going at RB26 in around like the seventh or eighth round. I think he'll get pulled up a round or two, but for me, <coughs> excuse me, Dalvin Cook is a running back that at that cost, I am still in on because I could see it being a week to week thing when they're both healthy. But if either one of these two misses time, they bring RB1 upside. No, I think they, they definitely have RB1 upside. The problem is they are going to be sharing opportunities in the backfield together. And that is sort of what's going to hurt a little bit. This was, I think, of all the free agent running backs out there. This is worst case scenario for the whoever was the incumbent in any one team, right? Uh, you know, if you were like, there's talk about him maybe going to Miami. There's talk about him going to the Jets. Whoever was the RB1 currently, the last guy you wanted to see was Dalvin Cook. Because of all the guys out there, he was the one who still has, I think, the most left in the tank. Um, so this, you know, he's going to come in this year. He's going to get opportunities, at least in the early part of the season, what does this mean for Brees Hall then? It definitely lowers the ceiling for Brees Hall because now they have the potential to ease him along. And, and I'm worried about that being the case. One other thing that I think the fantasy community is overlooking, the Jets want to do everything in their power to make Aaron Rodgers happy. He took a pay cut. And to me, it looks like he took the pay cut to get Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook is a running back that, his entire career has been going up against Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Aaron Rodgers knows firsthand how great Delvin Cook has been his entire career. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers ever watched Brees Hall play. Aaron Rodgers has no idea what Brees Hall is. So if Aaron Rodgers is getting what he wants, and, and we know that he's in the ears of Nathaniel Hackett and the other coaches there, he's probably pushing. He's I would say he's probably the vocalist pusher there for Dalvin Cook, which... Hurts Brees Hall, and that's why for me, at cost, where you get a two or three round discount, I would rather have Dalvin Cook. I probably, um, you know, I, I just wonder if, I know there's a lot of people who believe, and, and it's a thing if you watch Fantasy Live uh, on Wednesday, Adam Rank mentions it too, the belief being that maybe they ease Brees Hall back into it. And we see a lot of Dalvin Cook early, uh, and then it's sort of a thing where back half of the season, we see Brees Hall maybe get up to full speed and start to come back and, and take over more of that role. I guess it just seems like that transition may be painful in the middle of the season. 
I just think you're taking two guys who, as we said, have RB1 upside and sort of relegating them to RB2 status. For the Jets, it's a great problem to have, right? You have two really good running backs. You can rotate them and everything will be fine. For us, it's a little bit more frustrating, I think, trying to figure out if that transition really happens, we get to week eight, week nine, and suddenly both of them are really, really hard to use because none of them, neither one of them has a clear lead in that backfield. I, I could see Brees Hall definitely getting a larger workload as the year goes on. I think that makes total sense. Dalvin Cook is never going to fully go away. Yeah. Like he is going to be a bigger threat to take away carries than most of the running backs going that early have to deal with. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's going to be the big frustration with them. But uh, both of them obviously draftable, both of them startable on a weekly basis. Curious to see what the division of labor is going to be like uh, in the first few weeks of the season. Um, something that's not on the field related, but is certainly a lot of fun. Uh Obviously, we know that fantasy football is big nationally. We know that it is big uh, amongst Major League Baseball players and apparently broadcasters as well. Uh, saw this story the other day. San Francisco Giants uh, broadcaster Dave Fleming finished last place in his fantasy league and his punishment was to be the team's bat boy for three innings the other night. Uniform and everything. They put him in a uniform. They gave him a number. Uh, you've seen the video, right, of him running like baseballs yeah. out to the umpire and that sort of thing? I, I saw an interview. He said he was going to have to ice up after. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he did it against the Rays uh, at Oracle Park, full uniform for three innings. Here's the the Giants seem to have connections to fantasy football because they they have Jock Peterson – and we all remember the Jock Peterson <laughs> story, right? And you were telling me that that actually, I guess, sort of impacted the Giants at the trade deadline. Maybe? Yeah, apparently they didn't want to acquire a certain baseball player um, because of that whole yeah. incident, which I guess makes sense. I mean, yeah, they're going to bring they're going to get Tommy Pham, who infamously slapped Jock Peterson over a disagreement regarding fantasy football. And I guess the Giants front office looked at it and said, well, I guess we shouldn't bring Pham in there uh, because... Why Why start conflict? Talk about players, though, who play fantasy football and know their stuff. Tommy Pham is, is at the top of the list. Is he? Yeah, right. he, he apparently is like a big, big time fantasy football player. Yeah, I mean, apparently he was willing to slap Jock Peterson <laughs> over Jeff Wilson. Um, so apparently he uh, he kind of knows what he's doing there. Jeff so. Wilson, a winner of the Dalvin Cook signing. That's right. He is. <laughs> he's a winner of the Dalvin Cook signing because Dalvin Cook did not go to Miami. So that absolutely works. All right, let's turn our attention now to the NFC North as we continue our division previews going uh, alphabetically by city name. So we will start in the Windy City, the Chicago Bears. Uh, their top scorer last year, Justin Fields, at quarterback. He was the QB5, 307 points. David Montgomery, uh, 177 points, made him RB24. Darnell Mooney was the top scoring wide receiver, just over 100 points, wide receiver 72. And Cole Komet, your tight end, 8 uh, 147.3. Big losses in the offseason. Trevor Simeon and David Montgomery. Uh, in free agency, they did add P.J. Walker, Deontay Foreman, Travis Homer, Dante Pettis, D.J. Moore, maybe the big one, and Robert Tunyon, who, by the way, I've heard the, the nickname Bobby Tuns. Uh, for Robert Tunyon, which I don't like it. I, I'm, so I'm, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm on the fence about Bobby Tuns. Uh, they did draft <laughs> Rashawn Johnson and Tyler Scott. First guy off the board, DJ Moore, uh, somewhere mid to late fourth round. All right. Uh, more or less, 2,800 passing yards this year for Justin Fields. Give me more there. Um, I, I think that 4,000 is setting the bar awfully high. Uh, it would be a huge jump in what he did last year, but I, I could see him throwing for like 3,000 to 3,200 yards, something in that range. Especially, I know people were having their fun on Twitter saying like, Justin Fields threw for 130 yards where his air yards were like three right. because it was all. But he now has receivers like DJ Moore, who is capable of taking a three yard pass and making it a 62 yard touchdown. So their receiving room is greatly improved. I, I think DJ Moore could have an influence on Justin Fields, similar to how Stephon Diggs did on uh, Josh Allen, how A.J. Brown did on Jalen Hurts, the, the blue Tyreek Hill with Tua, the br blueprint is there. Like, get your young quarterback a stud receiver and watch the magic happen. Yeah, I, it's funny, too. You talk about the air yards, and 
it sort of reared its ugly head again this past weekend because Fields was three for three, had two touchdown passes. And I think I believe it was Warren Sharp, uh, who was on our show recently, who calculated that he threw three passes, had three completions, had minus seven total air yards because everything was behind the line of scrimmage. The, and the touchdown was probably the furthest one he threw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the other ones are behind the line of scrimmage and, and his pass catchers did the rest of the work. I, I'm going to say less than 2,800, but not by a lot. I think we see him take a step forward as a passer this year. I think adding DJ Moore uh, is a big help to go along with Cole Komet and, and hopefully a healthy Darnell Mooney. But I'm also sort of looking at it, you know, look, I'm looking at it from a Lamar Jackson perspective where Lamar Jackson only has two seasons with more than 2,800 passing yards. And I'm not sure that Justin Fields is quite there yet. Um, so I think I think you see him... You know, he was at 2,200 last year. I could see 26, 2,700. I'm not quite sure he gets to 28. May not matter, though, if he continues to run the, the way he has uh, the last couple of years. Speaking of DJ Moore, what is his fantasy ceiling? I don't think he's ever finished higher than wide receiver 15. Could he get higher than that this year? I think so. The way that I, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 20, I've been going back and forth on where exactly I want to place him, but I kind of view him in a similar sense of how he's always been. Like, DJ Moore has never had a really great quarterback throwing him the ball. He's always been on offenses that aren't, you know, the best in the league or even largely below average offenses. And yet he has still produced and been able to put up like a thousand yards and be a really solid wide receiver, too, for fantasy. And I think that is the median for him. And that is where I'm comfortable drafting him. But if Justin Fields... There is untapped potential there. If he could take that next step as a passer, he could easily be the best quarterback who's ever thrown uh, the ball to DJ Moore since DJ Moore has really broke out, which I think gives DJ Moore a higher ceiling. I think it does give him a higher ceiling. I just, again, because I think that for Justin Fields, getting to 2,800 yards is going to be hard. I think Justin or uh, DJ Moore getting inside the top 15 uh, is going to be rather difficult for, for fantasy. Right now, he's being drafted right around wide receiver 22. And that feels sort of right. Um, I mean, I think he's a solid wide receiver two candidate, and maybe he gives you some some wide receiver one weeks. Uh, but I think, you know, 15 might be the absolute ceiling for, I think, DJ Moore in fantasy this year. Uh, looking at the backfield, David Montgomery is gone. So who would you rather have? Khalil Herbert in round eight, Deontay Foreman in round 12. This one isn't even close for me. I'm all in on Khalil Herbert yeah. at, at his cost. La I don't think people realize how good Khalil Herbert was last year as a runner. He led the league in uh, rushing yards after contact on a per carry basis and on runs that went for 10 or more yards. So, I mean, that's ahead of like the elites at the position. And he was doing so while rotating with David Montgomery. I wouldn't be surprised if we still see a rotation this year with Foreman. But it was Montgomery getting two out of every three drives. I think this year it'll be Khalil Herbert getting that. Plus, his touchdown the other day was a receiving one. Yep. That is the thing that we need to see more out of him. And they're talking up that they want to use him more in that role. But at round eight, even if he is just the lead running back for the Bears, he can exceed that value, I think. That is, I'm with you 100% on that one. It was an easy Khalil Herbert for me there. Um, and I was going to mention that same thing. He caught a touchdown. I mean, it was a little dump-off pass, a screen pass, uh, and he turned it into a long catch-and-run for a score. Um, here's the thing. For our purposes, we don't need running backs necessarily going out there and running the route tree. Like, it's great. You know, it's great if you're Christian McCaffrey, you're Austin Eckler, and you are running legitimate routes and getting targets. Um, if they just want to give you a swing pass or a dump-off or a screen or something like that, it still counts the same in terms of receptions. I will take it. And if that's going to be the thing for Khalil Herbert this year, I think that certainly helps him. I'm with you. I think Deontay Foreman gets some, some opportunities, and maybe he sort of takes away that touchdown upside. But I still think... Uh, this is going to be Khalil Herbert's backfield, and you know he's worth the shot, especially uh, round eight or later in a lot of drafts. Over to the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, uh, the top-scoring quarterback for Detroit. No surprise there. QB 10 last year, uh, just over 290 points. Jamal Williams with his ridiculous touchdown season, uh, 225.9, RB 13. Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, finished as wide receiver 7. 
So TJ Hawkinson was the top scoring tight end for the Lions last year, uh, played seven games in Detroit, and then they traded him to Minnesota. 74 and a half points. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. So like that tells you, <laughs> that tells you how the rest of the tight ends were in Detroit this year. Uh, big losses in the offseason. They lose their entire backfield with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams leaving. DJ Chark also on the move. They went out and in free agency, they go get David Montgomery. They bring back Marvin Jones. Uh, after a few years away from Detroit, they draft Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and they take a quarterback, Hendon Hooker. And uh, right now, I'm on Ross St. Brown, your most highly drafted Lion, uh, early in the first round. We all love B. John Robinson. Most of us love Jameer Gibbs. I'm not going to say can he, because I think he can. Will Jameer Gibbs be a top 10 fantasy running back? I not only do I think he will be, I have him ranked as my RB10 right now. Okay. So I, I am very in on Jameer Gibbs. He's one of my guys this season. Um, the Lions had two proven vet, Like, they gave David Montgomery that free agent contract. They had DeAndre Swift there, and they still used the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs and said they would have taken him as high as 6th overall. Then they trade Swift to me. It indicates that they have very, very big plans for him. Uh, and Gibbs, look, I love Bijan Robinson. Gibbs is more explosive, I think. Like, he has that kind of, of speed and burst, and he could be used in the passing game. I, I think, especially early on when there's no Jamison Williams out there, uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of volume up for grabs in the passing game, and a lot of it will go to Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a lot of it there, too. Um, I look. I think he will be a top 10 running back. I think we're going to have two rookies in the top 10 amongst fantasy running backs. Bijan Robinson, Same. Jameer Gibbs are both going to get there. I will say the only thing that does worry me is that David Montgomery, I mean, as much as, you know, in fantasy, we sort of kind of like, yeah, about him. He's still productive and he mm -hmm. gets a lot of opportunity and he can catch the football as well. That's a thing we saw from those years in Chicago. He can catch the ball there. So there is always that threat of him sort of eating into some of Gibbs production. But I think the talent and the explosiveness sort of wins the day. And so I, I think you talk about top, top 10, probably at 10 is where you're looking. But I, I do think it's going to happen this year. I, I agree with you on the Montgomery point, but like I've seen a lot of people be like Gibbs is not going to get work near the goal line. And I'm like, are we so sure about that? Because like, what if the Lions go the Austin Eckler route, the Camara route, the Chiefs route, where they take their big back off of the field and then they put in their pass catching back because it makes it harder to predict what they are going to do. If I'm not seeing enough people talk about that. And if they use Gibbs near the goal line, the upside is, I would say, even higher. Yeah, if he's starting to get goal line work, then you know, forget about it. Absolutely. Uh, tight end, we love Sam Laporta in the late rounds. Um, a lot of excitement for him. The rest of that Lions depth chart at the position is barren. Will Sam Laporta be a top 12 fantasy tight end? This is another one I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. I have him ranked as my tight end 12. What that means is that I would take him as a top 12 tight end. I, I That's how I rank like where I would draft these players because I think the upside is so high. And, and it's something you were talking about on the ATN podcast. Go go listen to that. Um, <laughs> the depth chart behind him is is insanely weak. And they already have announced that he is the starting tight end. Uh, every day at a training camp, it feels like he's getting more and more hype. So, yeah, I think that there's two rookie tight ends this year that could break that whole, like, rookie tight end. We say that two years after Kyle Pitts went for 1,000 yards. Right. <laughs> Kyle, Pitts for, Kyle Pitts went for 1,000 yards, but people, like, are down on him because he had, what, one touchdown? That and he year? scored it in London. He scored it in London. <laughs> um, Everyone was asleep but at it's that like, point. He had a thousand yards, man, as a rookie. Forget about it. I I do love Sam Laporta. I he's one of my most drafted tight ends uh, in best ball leagues. Um, just it's a high powered offense that they're gonna throw the ball a lot. There's not a lot of people behind him who can who can take his opportunities away. And again, as as a wise man, Andy Barons of Yahoo said, to be a top twelve, even a top eight tight end, you're talking about. You know, 50 catches, 500 yards, four to six touchdowns. Like the bar is not high to be a top 12 tight end. And I think Laporta has more than enough to clear that bar uh, at all this year. Uh, last one here for the Lions. More or less 25 and a half passing touchdowns for Jared Goff. Give me more. Um, he threw 29 last year, and that was with the Lions running backs having a league high in touchdowns. I think they're going to throw the ball more to the running back now. That's why I think they got rid of 
Jamal Williams, bring in Jameer Gibbs. Uh, talk about, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is a borderline first round pick for a reason. We're both saying the tight end could be top 12 at the position. And then we haven't even spoke about Jamison Williams, who's going to come back from week seven on uh, and is far more explosive than any option that they had in the offense last year. So now we have potentially deep touchdowns there, potentially short little dump offs that Gibbs could take to the house. Amon Ra doing his thing. I think the Lions are going to win this division, and I think that they are going to have a really good offense. They're going to have a really good offense. I think he's over 25 and a half touchdowns. I mean, last year, as you mentioned, he had 29. As he's getting more comfortable in the offense, they're adding more weapons. Uh, what's wild is that he's only had one season with 30 touchdowns. That was uh, in 2018 with the Rams when he threw 32. Um, I think he gets over 30 touchdowns again this year just because the offense is is really set up for that. And it's funny because I think the Lions originally thought Jared Goff was just sort of a bridge quarterback. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a franchise guy, but I think he's turned out to be more for them than they would have imagined uh, when they first got him from, from the Rams a couple of years ago. Hey, NFL Fantasy is back. Download the NFL Fantasy app, sign up, and draft to be entered to win two tickets to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada. No purchase necessary. Ends 10-19-23. Open to legal residents of the 50 United States and the District of Columbia who are 18 years of age or older. For rules and details on bonus entries and alternate means of entry, visit NFL.com slash Fantasy Sweeps 2023. Take a break, come back, and go through the rest of the NFC North. We've got the Packers and the Vikings. That's coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Continuing through the NFC North, we got the Green Bay Packers, uh, their top fantasy scorers at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, QB 13 last year, uh, which, by the way, I remember last year you had him ranked like right around QB 12 it or 13. It was QB 13. And uh, you were roasted on Good Morning Football, and they owe you an apology. If uh, anybody out there on Good Morning Football is listening, uh, this man, he deserves an apology. <laughs> Uh, Rodgers at QB 13, just over 250 points. Aaron Jones, the RB9, at uh, 248.6 fantasy points. Alan Lazard was the top-scoring wide receiver in Green Bay last year. Uh, wide receiver 35. And Robert Tunyon. Bobby Tunz uh, was a tight end 20 with 112 fantasy points. Uh, in the offseason, I don't know if you've heard this, but Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay. He's not a Packer anymore. I know. I know this is probably news to a lot of you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, all vacating Green Bay. In fact, the Packers lose three of their four top positional scorers uh, in the offseason. In the draft, though, they added Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, and Dontavian Wicks. Uh, as the Packers tend to do, not much moving in uh, free agency. Aaron Jones, the Jones, the first uh, Packer off the board early in the fourth round, which leads me to the first question. How are you feeling about Aaron Jones this year? I'm undecided. He is not someone that I've been drafting a whole lot of because where he goes, I'd rather take a wide receiver in like the fourth round. But you look at the last two seasons, he's only scored six rushing touchdowns. The large chunk, his entire career, pretty much, uh, his the reason he's been so great in fantasy is what he's given us as a pass catcher. I have big concerns with that. Small sample size, but in the bit that we have seen Jordan Love, he has not thrown to the running backs nearly as much as Aaron Rodgers has. Um, and that is my concern. When, whenever there's a change at quarterback, I, I think people think that, yes, there is a skill for running backs to be able to catch the ball, and there's only a handful of CMCs and Ecklers, and those guys are great for a reason. But for the most part, in my opinion, at least, a lot of running back receiving production is a quarterback stat. Like, it's a the reason why Najee Harris lost 40 targets from one year to the next is because his quarterback went from a statue to one who could actually move around and keep his eyes downfield and stuff. So I have a lot of concerns. Jordan Love is more mobile at this point in his career than Aaron Rodgers, who was kind of a statue last year behind that that offensive line in Green Bay. So... I, I think there's more concern now than ever with Aaron Jones, and you're not really getting a discount on him, maybe a little bit, but as a round three, round four pick, I, I tend to just go elsewhere. I know that the the dreaded RB dead zone has sort of moved and it's kind of floated around, but I feel like if there's anyone in it, he's sort of the start. Um, you know, I look at the guys that are going around here a little bit after him. Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, who has to deal with Zach Charbonnet, Miles Sanders in you know what is an unknown quantity in the Carolina offense, J.K. Dobbins, Alexander Madison. These are guys that I sort of look at and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think I'd rather have you know a wide receiver or maybe mm-hmm. a tight end, depending on who's left on the board, sort of in that range. What has helped Aaron Jones is that he's been much more efficient than A.J. Dillon the last couple of years. You mentioned the pass catching ability that sort of kept him afloat. And I'm wondering whether or not it's going to be enough this year. Um, you know, I know Dylan himself is trying to make sure he gets more opportunity, get more touches, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I just I'm with you. I'm not really excited. I'm not out on Aaron Jones. I'm just also not excited about Aaron Jones. This I'm year. out on Dylan as well. Like I, I actually, I'm out on Dylan. I don't want any because uh, this offense could be bad and you don't want a running back whose whole thing is like I need ground production <laughs> on a bad offense. Absolutely. I, I'm I'm not in at all uh, on A.J. Dillon. So 
we know everybody's in on Christian Watson. I don't think that's that's much up for debate. But behind him, who'd you rather have, Romeo Dobbs or Jaden Reed, the rookie? Fantasy Twitter loves Romeo Dobbs for some reason. I am on team Jaden Reed. And uh, look, I know Dobbs caught the touchdown the other day and everyone was like, look, this guy is really good. My thing is they had him last year. They know what they have in Romeo Dobbs, at least more than Jaden Reed. And then in the draft, they went out and they took Jaden Reed in the second round, which happened to be 80 picks higher than the pick they used on (laughs) Romeo Dobbs. I I get it. He was a darling last year. We all thought he could be the new wide receiver one there. He flopped. I took a lot of shots on him. It was not fun having Romeo Dobbs, especially early (laughs) on when we thought, oh, Christian Watson's hurt. It was not. At no point was it fun having Romeo Dobbs. At least Jaden Reed is a good route runner. He can create separation. I'm expecting him to open up as the third wide receiver in the slot. But as the year goes on, I think he is the better talent. So I would not be surprised if he steals that wide receiver two job away. I'm all I, I'm all about Jaden. I won't say all about Jaden Reed, but between the two of them, I'm definitely more about Reed than I am Romeo Dobbs. And I'm with you. Last year, I started buying into the Romeo Dobbs hype in the first couple of weeks. It seemed good. And like this is going to be a thing. And then it sort of fell apart. Um, you know, the. The chatter out of Green Bay is that Reed is going to work himself into an opportunity. And so, again, where you're taking him, there's pretty much no risk involved. And and the thing I've been saying is that Jordan Love doesn't have to be great. He just has to be not awful. Um, <laughs> and and I, think, I think we can achieve not awful from Jordan Love this year. And, you know, again, for a late round opportunity, uh, why not take the shot? And if it turns out to be something good, then you're going to feel like a genius. Speaking of Jordan Love. We're not really drafting him, maybe in two QB leagues, maybe. Uh, where do you think he finishes among fantasy quarterbacks? As a QB2, like a low-end QB2, borderline even. I, I have him ranked right now as the QB25, mm-hmm. and people might be like, oh, that's low. And then it's like, okay, well, would you rather have him or Brock Purdy? For me, it's easily Purdy. Russell Wilson, I'd rather have. I'd rather take an upside shot on Kyler Murray. Matt Stafford, who has shown us that he can be, when healthy, a QB1. Derek Carr. The, the two I have ahead of him that I could see people like scratching their heads a bit are Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think both of them are going to run more, which is huge for fantasy purposes. And like at least with Ritter, I'm like, hey, the pass catchers around him, I know are like great run game, great tight end, really good wide receiver one. Jordan Love has Christian Watson... And, and Aaron Jones, and that's kind of it. But even with Christian Watson, like, in the preseason game the other day, they could have had, like, a 60, 70-yard touchdown. And and the the hype was, oh, what great safety play. And I'm like, sure, it's really good safety play, but if the throw is on the outside and not on the inside and pulling Christian Watson where he has to slow down and reach his hands out, we're talking about that being easily a touchdown. So I, I maybe Jordan Love is going to get better. There's always unknown uh, upside in the unknown. But for me, I don't know. I kind of feel like if this guy was good, they probably would have been in more of a rush to get him out there. Uh, I'm just not very high on the Packers offense. Uh, yeah, I get it. I, I can. I, I'm not drafting him anywhere. I think he's you have him at 25. I mean, I'd say he's a QB three with, with QB two upside potentially, you know, I I think I'm just more interested in kind of watching from afar just to see what he turns into. But you're right. If, if they thought he was that guy, considering the, the headaches Aaron Rodgers was giving folks in green Bay the last couple of years, I think if, if they knew Jordan Reed could be the guy, they would have figured out how to move on from Rodgers instead of sort of kowtowing to him over the last couple of years <laughs> i think that, i mean i really think that would have been the case um last one here uh the minnesota vikings kirk cousins their top qb no shock there uh qb7 overall dalvin cook who is now of the jets was the rb11 uh was a little bit injured last year so that kept his his numbers down a little bit justin jefferson the wide receiver one 368.6 points and he did that actually uh Remember the last couple of weeks of the season, he sort of disappeared. Anybody who oh, yeah. was counting on Justin Jefferson those last couple of weeks in the fantasy playoffs, uh, they might have been struggling because he got locked down. And the top tight end in Minnesota, well, it's the same guy who was the top tight end in Detroit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had 140.9 points once he joined the Vikings. Uh, for the season, he was the tight end to overall. Big losses for the Vikes in the offseason. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith Jr. They go out and add in free agency Brandon Powell and Josh Oliver. And they draft Jordan Addison and running back Dwayne McBride. 
First off the board for Minnesota's first off the board across NFL fantasy or not NFL, but just fantasy football, I guess. Uh, Justin Jefferson, who on average is going at the one dot oh one. So more or less sixteen hundred receiving yards for Justin Jefferson. More. He's done it in two straight years. It's an average year for him at this point, I would say. Uh, they're, they're going to throw the ball a lot here. Justin Jefferson is he's Justin Jefferson. He's the 1.01 for a reason. Um, yeah, th- there's not a whole lot of analysis here other than Justin Jefferson is insanely good and going to get a lot of volume. So I'm going to go. I'm going to be wild here. I'm going to say less um, just because one, I think you know, they, they try to spread the ball around. I think uh, whatever happened to him at the end of last season, I'm pretty sure teams are going to be watching that and trying to figure out how to sort of replicate that. This isn't to say that he's going to be bad. He's not going to fall off a cliff. But, you know, if you're talking about him with like 1,530 yards, right? Like that's a really good season. It's not 1,600 uh, just because I think it's really hard to do. I think I saw something that 1,400 yard seasons, there's only been like 40 some odd of those uh, in the history of the NFL. I would suspect a lot of them have probably come in the last decade when passing games have exploded. Um, So, you know, I think he can have an amazing season, still not get to 1,600 yards. You know, certainly not wishing for injury, but that's always, you know, that that always will derail uh, something like that as well. So I'm going to say less uh, for Justin Jefferson this year. At quarterback, are you in or out on Kirk Cousins this year? Uh, I'm kind of just like there with Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> I'm not in or out. I, I have him ranked at QB 17, which feels really low. But then to me, I, I keep thinking about it. Like there's a whole big tier with Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy for me. You could put them in any order and, and I would be okay with it. The The reason I have like Goff, Rodgers, Cousins lower is they don't run. Whereas like Daniel Jones will run. Dak Prescott will run. Um, the other concern I have with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings is last year felt like a magical season for them. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, that Colts game, he threw for 460 yards and four touchdowns. The the huge comeback they had against the Bills, 357 yards there. There was a game against the Lions where they were trailing big and he threw for over 400 yards. You take away those games where like they need to just pull something out of the air and like you're down six scores early on and throwing the ball a whole bunch. And Kirk Cousins season is much more like a normal Kirk Cousins season. So even with the the new OC there, I know a lot of people are really high on this offense. I'm not saying like this offense is going to be bad or anything. I am. I just have my doubts if they are going to be able to live up to what they were last season. Kirk Cousins the last few years has sort of been that that quintessential fringe QB one. He's the guy who's hanging around on the draft boards in like the ninth round. You draft him, you get some of those big spike weeks that you talked about. And then in the end, he, you know, is hanging around QB 10, 11, 12, somewhere like that. And I, you know, last year, the QB seven thing seemed a little bit above his head. I think this year he goes back to that. And that, it doesn't really get me all that excited. Again, I, I guess if I'm drafting Kirk Cousins, it's also because I'm drafting somebody that I like with upside. Yeah. I'm drafting an Anthony Richardson. I'm drafting a Tua Tungavailoa, somebody like that. And then I just want sort of that fallback. Kirk Cousins is the fallback. But even then, there are other guys I like more. I like Geno Smith more as a fallback. I'd like Daniel Jones more as a fallback uh, than Kirk Cousins just because, you know, I think the decline is probably coming and, you know, trying to figure out which weeks are Kirk Cousins weeks uh, when overall he's just going to be a fringe QB one seems a little more frustrating than, than what I want. What are your expectations for Alexander Madison this year? I'm lower on Madison than most. Um, I under, and the argument I keep see people seeing people on Twitter say is like everyone wanted Alexander Madison when he was a backup and now people are, and it's like, yeah, if you can give me, Alexander Madison potentially taking over if Dalvin Cook gets hurt in the 8th, ninth, 10th round, that's a lot different than paying a 4th round draft price. Just like it's a lot different to handle 20 carries a week when you do it once or twice a season instead of 17. And already, Alexander Madison's metrics the last two years were already dipping. And then here's the other thing that that I'm lower on a lot. The, the Vikings threw the ball, uh, ran the ball the third fewest amount in football last year. But then... Dalvin Cook is able to be so good even on reduced touches because he is so explosive. 
Like I get people saying, take away the 80 yard run or the 80 yard catch it. And I'm like, well, that is why we love Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Alexander Madison does not have that capability. Last season, his longest run went for 15 yards. He has two career runs of over 30 yards. So those long Dalvin Cook touchdowns now become a 10 to 15 yard run. And when you're already not getting a whole bunch of volume, I think he'll be an RB2. He'll have some weeks where he finishes as an RB1. I think the absolute ceiling for him is kind of what like Josh Jacobs did a couple years ago where he finished as a low-end RB1, but it was like it didn't feel like it. It was because other people got hurt and stuff. But I- I'm much more lower on him. I like him outside the top 20 running backs, and that means I'm probably never going to get him. Probably not. I am I just I can't tell what to make of him because – when we have seen him, it generally has been sort of in relief of Dalvin Cook or, you know, when Cook is hurt sort of thing. It just, you know, he seems like he's good in bursts. And I think I'm sort of feeling about him kind of the way I felt about Tony Pollard going into last year. where We were like, OK, but what happens if Pollard gets more work now for Pollard? It worked out. It was great. We saw what happened. He was amazing. He's a guy that we want. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be the same thing for Madison. I mean, he, again, in what was relatively limited work, wasn't a big target earner in that offense. They've got three good pass catchers in Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Jordan Addison. So how many opportunities is he going to get to try to catch the football? Uh, Unless, as you mentioned, he does somehow have that Dalvin Cook type explosion. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, You know, I don't know if there are a lot of big plays there. And so if I'm going to be drafting him uh, as a high-end RB2, like I want some of those big plays. I want to know that they're going to be there, and I I don't. Uh, I think I I may be a little bit higher on him than you are, but I'm not I'm not just rushing out to go get me some some Alexander Madison. Two other real quick things is one I keep seeing people say like, well they got rid of Dalvin Cook for him. Like, look how confident they are in him. Well, no, it was all because of money. Like yeah, they gave Alexander Madison backup running back money. Um, And then they're talking about bringing in Kareem Hunt, potentially Ty Chandler look good. And then I know you can only play who is on the schedule. But Alexander Madison, when he has been in relief, it has been mostly against the Lions and Seahawks for years were the two worst run defenses in football. Again, kudos to you for taking advantage of the bad matchups. But he's going to get much tougher defenses all year long than those two. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that they moved Alexander or they let Alexander Madison or uh, Dalvin Cook go for Alexander Madison. They let Dalvin Cook go and Alexander Madison was there as the yeah. next man up sort of thing. I think I think those are two different things that, uh, you know, you really need to sort of sort of keep in mind there. Um, how many are you in any slow drafts going on like right now? Uh, I'm many? only in like two right now, but I'll probably jump in a couple more. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in one as I sit here. I should like, let me check and make sure I'm not on the clock uh, for this one. Uh, it's have we have you taken a full accounting of how many leagues you're going to be in yet? No, because I've realized that this week my redrafts have only like I've done so many drafts, but they've all been best ball. Mm hmm. That now I'm like, oh, these are the leagues I need to play out. So, right. I already know it's going to be more than I want it to be. I'm hoping to keep it in the single digits, but uh, we talk about it all the time. Every year we're like, we're cutting back and then someone, multiple people usually are like, you want to play in my fantasy league? Right. Yeah. It's the, the same thing for me. I'm uh, I'm sitting here and make my pre-draft picks as I talk here. Uh, I'm trying to, last year was 14. I was trying to cut it down. I feel like it's going to be about 14 again. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to do the same dance next year. Like I got too many leagues, by the way, thank you to all the people out there, like who are, are doing, you know, analyst leagues, experts, leagues, charity leagues, and are turning them into best ball leagues. Um, you are doing the Lord's work for people <laughs> like us who overburden ourselves on setting lineups each and every week. Uh, we're, we're grateful. It sounds great until you have to set waivers on the first Tuesday. Yeah, that's, that's the worst. Um, it's me like every night going to bed and like, it's, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, like, oh, crap, I haven't put in my waiver claims yet. I need to go do that right now. It It's waivers are the worst. The worst. So bad. <laughs> so it's my le- literally my least favorite part of fantasy football. The worst. Um, so there it is. That's us just complaining about things. <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise, life's pretty good. Um, that'll do it for this edition. My throat needs a, a rest. Uh, I need to drink some water, some tea, something. Give it a break. Give it a break for a little bit. But uh, we will take a break until next week. Uh, a handful of playoff or uh, not playoff games, preseason games. 
I'm uh, way ahead of myself. Handful of preseason games this week. Of course, you can catch a bottom, uh, a lot of them live on NFL Network, and we will have all of them uh, live or taped on NFL Network throughout the preseason. And, and we'll be back next week to continue our division previews. You can also check out NFL Fantasy Live's preseason shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. And we are just a couple weeks out from uh, actually getting going for real uh, for the start of the regular season. In the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good. Live well. Uh, Rest up, everybody. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there's no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.